0: All right. Welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. I trust, hope, and pray that you had an amazing Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Uh, i very grateful for all the listenership here uh, that you guys uh, have given here in the last seven days. We have, I believe, the last time I checked, and I don't really care about checking the numbers, although sometimes it is, it's is—it's fun to see, last seven days over 162 plays, um, over 5,000 plays in total, which I had not even uh, been looking at at all. So I think that's really encouraging uh, the, the, um, shout outs by the way, to my, my dad, my mom, my uncle, Steve, my cousin, Nick, and my aunt Jody, who all appeared on the podcast last week, for, last week for Thanksgiving. Thank you for tuning in for that and in hearing our hearts and how we spend Thanksgiving, the traditions that we look forward to. And I know that my, my uncle, uncle Steve had a bird. He has a, he has what, a parakeet or something. Uh, no, it's a cockatiel. I don't know what it is. Uh, a songbird of sorts. He's going to be really upset if he ever listens to this um, uh, that it was in the background that we had washing dishes, preparing a food. So I was trying to go for that, you know, ambient atmosphere. Like you can picture yourself where we were at, at the breakfast table. Like you can picture sitting there with us. That's what I was going for at least. So, um, if that didn't come across, I apologize. Maybe it was just an assault on your ears, but we got good feedback. And, uh, with that, I, I promise, like I said, more guests here, it's just, it's just difficult. Like, like I said, you know, being bivocational and, and trying my best to sort out um, plans for my book. Um, This has become an outlet for me to kind of, I don't know, vent. And I know it's not nearly as interesting as if it was a guest, but I want it to count. I don't want to do it because, uh, you know, I feel uh, as as if I I feel obligated, right? Um, All of the 10 followers that I have on SoundCloud, but I do it for every single one of you guys. Um, and I, I don't want to put out stuff out of obligation. I want to be able to do this and be able to at least add some things to your life. So I, I titled this particular episode Righteous Indignation today because you know sometimes that's how I feel. Sometimes I believe that my anger is justified and everyone just needs to get out of the way because Michael's coming through and he's going to be 100% right about things. And if you don't agree with me at all times, well, then you're wrong. And granted, if I felt that way a hundred times, maybe one of those or a half of those, I've been completely in the correct lane, right? Well, that's not how life works. I'm still arrogant. I'm still full of much vanity and pride. I need to wait on the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for me, the, the thing that that you look, you look throughout Scripture to, to help about this very thing, you look at... Um, the, you look at a few things like Ephesians chapter 4 says, "Be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Later on um, in that same passage it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. be kind to one another, tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And it's like, man, that's kind of personally convicting. And but at the same time, we can look at Jesus, in Mark chapter 3, and we can see at the very beginning, I'll read for you from the NASB translation, he, meaning Jesus, entered again into a synagogue, and a man was there whose hand was withered. They were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath to save a life or to kill him? But they kept silent, after looking around at them with anger grieved at their hardness of heart he said to the man stretch out your hand and he stretched out and his hand was restored so this is one of those things that like jesus perfect in his anger because he never sinned why was he angry grieved at what and i think we because we're called to be like christ take on his his attitude Of course there's going to be things that make us angry, but what do we do with that anger, of course, is the big thing. And that's what leads me to just the absolute abuse that our children are exposed to in our society. Think of how sinful our culture is. Uh, There's been a couple stories in the last 24 hours that I've become more aware of. Some of you might know this. Uh, This Balenciaga uh, clothing line, the Spanish clothing line that depicted children in very, very uh, evil contexts and the people behind it are very, very, you know, sketchy. I, and I would go as far to say satanic in their imagery. It's not, I mean, you can look up this and, um, I don't, I don't care where you get your news from, but the show from November 29th, just, I would encourage you to look up Glenn Beck's podcast Now, I'm not advocating that you listen to him from political stands. I'm just, I follow certain journalists that cover things that a lot of the mainstream press will stay away from, okay, because I'd like to know what's going on from a pop culture standpoint. What I'm not advocating for is if you lean left or you're in the center, I'm not asking you to to agree with everyone's politics. I'm, I'm I'm not. This is not a political show. I'm just pointing you towards a source that I believe is trustworthy in this area, in this specific time, and you can listen to his show from November 29th, 2022, the first, you know, hour of that show. Um, really it's the first segment where he covers a lot of the stuff that they have unearthed on that. I would highly encourage you to do that. Glenn Beck podcast, 1129, 2022, the first hour. Okay, please, please, please go look that up if you are interested. And then I read an entire article from the Washington post, um, that reviewed it's from the arts and theater section that reviewed a new play called Downstate, which is a play about pedophilia, uh, or, or pedophiles rather. Um, and the the headline is called Downstate is a play about pedophiles. It's also brilliant. Okay, now obviously it's a shocking headline. They don't bury the lead. They do call it brilliant. Now, I I was I reacted in extreme anger. I wanted to check out the sources. I wanted to read everything. I don't want to just get sticker shocked by any headlines. Okay? I, I just... My mother, Julie Crable, has given me the best one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given. She told me, Michael, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Essentially, when people say this is what I value or this is who I am, don't believe that they're lying or manipulating you. Just believe them. And... For the for the wise among us, for the discerners, the people that can see beyond the veil, that that have that pray about things, and they're given God given wisdom, we understand where our culture is going when it comes to our children. Whether that's exposing them to uh, to exposing them to these things that I just mentioned, Um, it's talking about how we can continue to um, make our culture more accepting to pedophiles, more uh, underst- like having understanding that, well, they're just misunderstood human beings. Well, they're certainly misunderstood. I, w- I, would, I wouldn't disagree there. But where it's moving towards in a satanic society that we live in, because this, this country is not Christian, okay? We're, we're not cr- founded by Christian principles and we had believers that helped, but I mean, we're, to say you're a Christian nation, that's kind of hard right wouldn't most people at least a, a majority of people have to follow christ in their hearts in every area right to be completely sanctified in order to even try to come close to even making a metric claim of being christian nation right well it when we began when the church acquiesced its belief on marriage and monogamous marriage between man and woman, and that it was a fundamentally a religious institution. It had nothing to do with the government, it has nothing to do with the state, or man. If you want to talk about tax benefits, you want to talk about uh, power of attorney, you want to talk about rights legally, that's not marriage. That's a human construct, so that I would agree. Now, if the definition has changed, we've acquiesced on that definition. Bible's clear. Man and woman, monogamous relationship to death do them part. Right? Now, obviously you got a way out in adultery, abuse. Well, once we acquiesced on that, you can see the domino effect. Now, people say that's a slippery slope argument and it's out of fear. It's Well, it's actually, when you give up, the stance of like this is how sexuality ought to be, you know, expressed. Then there logically you can't say no to any other form of deviance. You can't. You you cannot. You 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 have no room to say. Well, if gays and lesbians can marry, well, what about people who are androgynous? People who are non-binary? What about people identify as this? What about trans people? What about and you can the what aboutism? And when you get on that boat, you can't logically get off it. What is it based on feeling? Because if we're talking about human rights, and if we've already torn down the idea of marriage from what it biblically is, then, well, of course, it can be anything, right? You can marry a, a cat if you want to. Because who, who is anyone to say that that's not your expression of love and whatever marriage is to you? Because we have torn down the definition and where where our society is going is what maps the minor attracted persons right this is where it's going it's already here and among us it's people who because look like look at them they're going to they're going to be the ones that are going to say well the bible doesn't talk about age of consent the bible doesn't talk about what age a child becomes an adult those are all American 20th, 20th, and 21st century definitions, and it differs state to state, right? So when Jesus says, you know, it is better for a person to be, to have a millstone thrown around their neck and tossed in the bottom of the seat and to harm one of these little ones, well, he does not really specify how little, right? This is where it's going, guys. And I'm indignant on behalf of the grandparents and the parents and my fellow uh, men and women who I've talked to in real life who are not necessarily angry that our society is doing what it does apart from God, but at the blasé attitude that us Christians have about all this stuff. Look at what abortion. Child sacrifice, it's what it is, right? Nope, don't really care that much. Eh, it happens. Oh, um, children at drag shows being exposed to a bunch of eh, that's that. Those are only anecdotal things. Though that isn't really happening that that often, that much. And um, you know, children going on hormone blockers and and, and experiencing uh, transitions, and then they're becoming infertile. They miss puberty, and they can't ever. Have children at that point. Um, tearing down of gender, telling women that, you know, at least athletically, the best w- women in our society are trans women. So the, the fact is that women, you're so bad at being women that men are better women than women. That's really what it is, when it, especially when it comes to athletics. Look at what's happening around us. Wake up. For heaven's sakes, my question of the day to, uh, tomorrow on Facebook is going to be, if Satan were to stand in front of you and declare that he is Satan, would you recognize him? Satan is, he has us so divided as a church. Catholic, Forget Catholic Protestant. Look at the Protestant church. Those who believe the Bible, those who don't believe the Bible, those who take it literally, those who think, eh, it's just metaphorically and, you know, it's kind of written a long time ago. We can't even agree on our children and the fact that they're under assault, under attack, and we're not protecting the most precious commodity among us. What do you think is going to happen? For those Bible-believing Christians out there that understand that it is the word of God, God God-breathed, and it is true, what do you think is going to happen to an unrepentant nation and an unrepentant church for that matter? There's the faithful remnant that the Old Testament talks about, especially after the Babylonian exile. What do you think's going to happen to us? Think about that. How much longer do you think God is going to withstand our pestilence, our debauchery, our turning the nose up at all this, our rather righteous apathy? Can I spin it that way? You know, this is how I feel. I am incensed at the apathy of the church. I'm not a prophet. I don't claim to know everything. I will never make that mistake. My family won't let me. My church won't let me. But it's very clear that if you read scripture, it is it is a story of God and his people, and the cyclical nature of sin, and the consequences of living in and outside of a relationship with him. Plain and simple. If I were to summarize the Bible, it's a story of us. a story of our own hearts. That's why we, we read the Bible, we we can become so angry at certain characters for making decisions, because they're making the same decisions we are. It's it's supposed to sometimes, like narrative and art form in fiction, the reason why we, we love characters and heroes is because they are what we aspire to be. The most powerful art forms are the ones that are realistic, and their depiction of human humans. They, it's the it's the movies and TV shows that can make you laugh, cry, be angry, rejoice, because it's it's still idealism, but it's relatable. Well. I'm just becoming rather incensed at the art forms that we now just accept. And I don't have a segue out of this podcast tonight. I'm not, I'm just looking at scripture. I I just am asking, where's the wisdom? I'm all all over the place here because this is where, for me, I, I could... I could go a million places, but for the sake of time, what I want to say is that I, I have a, th- this is not something, I'm not using this as a point of, of bragging, but I, I've tried to read my Bible every day for the last four or five years now. And the reason why is because it's a life-giving thing. I'm doing it to strengthen my relationship with God so that I can try to become a better man in the eyes of God. I am a sinner that needs God's grace every single day. Paul even said, I'm the chief among them. And I, as far as the people in my church, I as the pastor are going to be the one, I'm going to the one that needs the most grace. Please, I need more blood to cover me, please. I fall short all the time. The one thing that I've tried to cling to, and I encourage you to do as well, read and reread for the rest of your life every day a chapter from Proverbs. And then once you're done, Move on to Ecclesiastes, and once you're done with Ecclesiastes, go right to Lamentations. That's roughly like 50-some days, if you do them a day, and just do it on repeat. Read the wisdom literature in Scripture. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations. Put them on repeat and repeat and repeat. Never stop reading those books. Never. Do them until you have them memorized, but keep doing it. They are full of of wisdom. Wisdom that tickles the ears of those who want to have a heart towards God, but confuses the rest of people. That will give you discernment and wisdom. Things that weren't as clear before will become so apparent to you when it comes to what is godly and what isn't. I promise you that. It's the best investment of your time is reading your scripture every day. To let you know, I read out of a wisdom literature, a chapter. I read through the rest of the major, minor prophets in the Torah. One of those. I start at Genesis and go all the way through and to the end of Malachi. I read uh, a Psalm every day, so that's three. So again, from the Torah, Torah or major, minor prophets. Okay, a proverb. So wisdom literature: Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, and then a Psalm. So it's a prayer, right? And then New Testament. I read a Pauline letter. The other other books outside of the Gospels. I read a, read a Gospel passage, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then I do Paul and the Epistles and all the way through the end of the Pastoral Epistles and Revelation. Have it all on repeat. It gets me through the Bible like like two and two-thirds times every year, just in daily discipline reading. That had, that, had, that excludes any other reading for church or preparation for a sermon or any sort of research or just other reading. It's just daily discipline reading on Holy Scripture every single day. every single day. So, that, that is why I want to say, where is our wisdom? Where is our discernment? Where are the prophets today that we need to be listening to? And if, if we are deaf, if our hearts are deaf, how else can we spend time with God and, and become closer to Him if we're not reading our Bibles, we're not fasting, we're not praying? How in the world are we doing? And then we go to church And it just wasn't that good because the worship service really wasn't that great. They didn't sing my favorite songs, and I was only there for an hour. Because the worship service has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with making me feel good. And we have the audacity to ask God for his blessings? Are you out of your mind if you think that way? I hope it's righteous indignation that I have. Because my heart aches for the people around the world, but specifically in this country. We have everything and nothing at the same time. Read your Bible. Fast. Fast from food. Go, gosh, go a day. Go 20 20 hours without eating on a regular basis. Give that time to God and read your Bible. Pray. Get down on your knees when you're Alone, when no one else can see you and pour your heart out before God. Please, and ask for repentance. Name what you've been sinful for, neglecting of. These are the things that will give life. Where is the wisdom? Can we recognize the evil that is right here at our front door? It's not hiding any longer. Please, please heed this warning. We must protect the least of these among us. We have to. We have no other choice. Lest we experience the wrath of God, which will come so swift and fast, I promise you, if we as the church continue to remain unrepentant, we shall not sleep. Thank you, guys. May God bless you. May God keep you.